Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. My debut book, Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life, is out now. And you can order it from Amazon, Waterstones, or any other major bookshop. In this book, you will learn absolutely everything that you need to know about manifestation. You will understand that it really is a self-development practice to live by, to empower yourself, to step into your light, to become the best version of yourself that exists, and to attract anything you want into your life. I cannot wait for you all to read it. And if you love it, please don't forget to rate and review on Amazon, Audible, or wherever you purchased it from. Thank you so much and happy manifesting. Hello and welcome back to The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. I am here in the studio today with Andrew and Simon Salter, who are two brothers on a mission to bring functional mushrooms to the Western world and they are the founders of Dirty. I've been doing loads with you guys. I feel like anyone that follows me will know you guys already. Um, Mm. But I'm very excited to be sat here to talk about your three defining moments. Um, We only have an hour. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) <laughs> and I actually don't know how the fuck uh, I'm going to keep you guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to see yeah. what we can do. So, hi. Oh, hey. this is definitely not scripted. Hi. Um. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, well, we just spoke offline about uh, something that happened recently, but um, I'm feeling good. In- interestingly enough, I don't want to go off course, but I am, but um, there we go. Here goes the first, first rabbit hole. Um, I, 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 I believe some, there are some Mondays. I, there's usually Mondays can be a very kind of hard thing to get up to after a weekend of escaping from the, you know, the white noise of the week. And, um, but uh, recently, uh, well, actually, no, for the last like year, Mondays has been one of my favorite days. Same. Really? Yeah. Tell me about why yours first. I just love my job, so I yeah. fucking love Mondays. Because <laughs> it's just, it brings such a new energy. Yeah. Actually, I had a really shitty weekend. I had really bad anxiety this weekend, and so I was really excited for Monday. And actually, I do feel better today. Really? Mm. Usually some people kind of fall to the the Monday blues. Mm. But what... Um, anyway. You don't want to talk about the anxiety? Nah. <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. So yeah. we basically kick straight in on this podcast. I oh, don't do know you? if you've ever listened to it. Uh, um, yeah, no. <laughs> it's quite yeah. good. Um, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we kick straight into your first 
defining moment. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, well, sod anything <laughs> I was going to say about Monday mornings, what I did this, this very morning with the sun that rose. Um, you want to go straight into it? Yeah. Well, I have to go to my younger brother to kind of kick it off because then I'll find another, another rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> yeah. First defining moment. Mm. Okay, so... Um, okay, about... Oh, God, how long ago was it? Oh, wait, just to clarify yeah. so yeah. that the audience know who's talking when. Mm. The bearded one okay. is speaking. <laughs> the one with all the hair. No, when you say that, it sounds like you're Andrew. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, you need to clarify. <laughs> okay, go mute. I'm Simon. You're Simon? Yeah. Yeah? I'm Andy. Yeah, okay, great. Okay. It sounds the same still, right? <laughs> it still sounds the same. Okay, is this recorded no. on video as well? Yeah. Okay, then, then well, so I've never recorded one on video before. You oh, are really? the first. Mm. Oh, oh brilliant. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'll yeah. Anyway, go. Okay, so, go, Andy. So um, we met um, a lady. Uh, her name's Wendy. Um, I think I was probably in my very early 20s, um, maybe even younger, actually, maybe mm. about 19. You were definitely younger. Um, she told us about she lost her son to testicular cancer um at the age as she probably been the same age 19. Mm. um he basically lost his life because of embarrassment um he was too ashamed to tell anyone he had a lump in his testicle uh, he had testicular cancer uh he left it six seven weeks too late um and unfortunately it spread violently through his body um although a devastating story and it really got us because you know we didn't realize you get cancer that young at that point uh, it was the fact that he was too ashamed to actually say something that cost him li his, his life because actually testicular cancer, which affects young men, uh, is 100% curable if you catch it mm. early. Mm. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, most charities, they go out there and, and they use fear marketing. Uh, they scare you about cancer, you know, talk about stats and everything like that because they want to raise money. The best way to raise money is to use fear marketing. Um, but actually, the cure in the sense of testicular cancer is actually awareness you know if you check regularly for signs of testicular cancer which is literally lumps and bumps or any irregularities in your balls <laughs> i was just taking a deep breath sorry <laughs> however now i can yeah. come in um but the story is very close to yeah. our heart because the the to his unfortunate demise is no difference to how we would have potentially approached the same scenario you tend to, i think the mentality i thought for men or boys at that time was to kind of disregard any irregularities going on down below and just carry on fence wildly and in the world. Um, but it was merely her cracking the door open to this idea of prevention, you know, this idea of prevention over cure. And inevitably, it was using our most powerful tool language that if you can find something in its early stages in any capacity at all that's treatable, it's just she was telling us that testicular cancer is 100% curable if caught early his age at 18 you know it metastasized quick because when you're young your hormones go crazy anyway um but um it was it was as Andy said a devastating devastating story however what well, is a defining moment <laughs> we decided to create a social movement uh, in his memory um because what we realized is the power that we have now and we did back then is social media and driving awareness and using creativity uh, so we came up with quite a bold idea and we wanted to create the live aid of our generation. Mm. Um, and we called it Feeling Nuts. And we asked the world, are you feeling nuts? Uh, and within three months of launching the movement, a billion people got behind it. Stop. <laughs> yeah. A billion. A billion, over a billion, mm. I'd say. It was it was a very clever way in the, in the way that we were kind of wanting to connect to a generation that was dismissing something so curable. Um, we basically went out to subcultures all around the world, artists, graffiti artists, um, poets, poets, mm. singers, and then our kind of our network of well-known people. And it just 
got a momentum and it had a tipping point. The tipping point actually came. I think we had a lot of stars that did it. I mean, I remember like One Direction did it. Um, when I say did it, they grabbed their crotch online and said, I'm feeling nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, Cara Delevingne remarkably did it. Yeah. Well, we did a little sketch with her um, where she couldn't understand why she was raising awareness when she didn't have a crotch. <laughs> but the, the idea was that, you know, uh, whilst women are down there, <laughs> they should give their fella a, a check. That was a sort a of tug message. and a check. Yeah. Yes, that could have been the campaign. Yeah. I, I want to beat that one out. Um, um, the, the, uh, but yeah, and then we ended up doing a show on Channel Four uh, with James Corden and Jack, Jack Whitehall, Whitehall and, um, called the Filling That's Comedy Night, um, which is where we announced that a billion people that got uh, behind the movement. We brought back the whole idea was kind of comic relief, but it's comedy and it's about balls. So. We actually brought back really famous pairings. So Men Behaving Badly came back to the screen for the first time in 15 years, I think it was. Oh, my gosh. Can I ask, Mm. did you remember the moment you had the idea? Mm -hmm. I think the moment we had the idea was um, in the living room of Wendy and Jeremy's partner when they told the story. Absolutely. Um, I remember clearly. And we... We, re- we realized immediately that we really understood social media. We knew how to create movements. Um, Why? What were you doing at that point that um, made you feel that you could take this up? Well, there was two. There was a distinction. You're talking about an archaic industry in the transport um, area, which was these, it was governments, it was old hacks, it was a suited generation that all they understood is about money, money, money to kind of find the cure. Mm-hmm. This was different. There was a cure. And we understood at that time how people were connected because it was a time when Vine was was popping. And, and we understood that there was this kind of short period of time where people had an opportunity to entertain and stimulate their audience. And uh, we, we just I, I, we were we were part of the generation as much as we spectate to it. But there were no other industries understanding how you can harness something with a powerful message to kind of empower a generation to get behind something that was meaningful because everyone wanted attention, we felt. And we just knew that if you put a, a message that could really positively affect their audience or almost have a disciple effect, then I felt that we were doing something very different to how other people were utilizing that space of social media. Yeah, I think we also became quite obsessed by two different formats as well. One was said Live Aid for the digital age, but we became quite obsessed with Bob Geldof um, Mm. and how he had this relentless pursuit um, to sort of raise money and drive awareness, but use the power of culture and celebrity and music to shift change um and drive awareness around something you really cared about um and you know we've always loved the entertainment industry we've always loved music we've always liked building brands building movements uh, but also something that can actually create a change and can change someone's mm-hmm. life so it was quite amazing i remember during the channel 4 show which was kind of the climax of this crazy four months um we were getting inundated with people uh, sending us messages I, I remember one message actually came just after the show from a guy who was uh, a singer who was supposed to go on tour with Sam Sam Smith. Smith. And he said, I watched your show on Channel 4 and I found during the show a lump on my testicle. And he went and got checked out and it was testicular cancer and his life's completely saved because of that. Wow. Mm. 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 Incredible. I mean, it's so... (laughs) It's so amazing. It was. And, And also... Uh, as Andy said, we were broke. We broke down the, the internet into subcultures, mm-hmm. and we worked out how people were talking to their community. So we would literally, the tool was, we'd hand them the hashtag filling nuts, and all we would say to them is, utilize your creativity, however you do, to you know, to disseminate this to the audience. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost we just loosen the reins and just allow them to I run think the wild. Thing and was message. that we were trying to be the antithesis of charities. Like we hated the idea of walking down the street and people like chugging 
uh, like buckets in front of us. It was very intense. It wasn't very welcoming. Um, and we felt like because we went talking in the subject of like when you've got cancer, it's about staying in front. So we mm. had this sort of positive side of cancer. Mm. So which is about being in check you know, with your body, being CEO of your body. Uh, so we were able to like, lead with comedy and make things entertaining. And we always saw like, it's that icing on the top of the cake, we, the we bit that wants you to make a, bu a bite of the cake and then you reveal the sort of layers. But yeah, I mean, I remember when, cause it, there was a lot of noise that was being created around it. And I remember a lot of people I've seen say before, like One yeah. Direction, Cara Delevingne, uh, lo lots of amazing people have done it. And it got to the point where like, when people were doing it, it wasn't like blowing up and I just didn't understand. And um, I remember someone came into our meeting room uh, at some point during the campaign and said, oh, Hugh Jackman's done it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Cause like you'd seen like a bunch of people do it already. And you was like, no yeah, one's cool. moving a needle. No one's moving a needle. So I was just like another one. And I remember I was on my way to go to Shoreditch House gym and it made it into Mashable. And at that time, if you got into Mashable, it was like, mm. you've got something that's trending. Mm. It was like a really big deal. Right. And I remember like, then I was like working out and then it was in TMZ. And I was like, well, I'm messaging Cy going like, it's in fucking TMZ, like that's amazing. <laughs> we used to live in LA. Yeah, so we used, yeah. to, we used to watch TMZ, all the, it was our favorite show. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> and by the time I was leaving the gym, it was on ABC News, it was on Fox News, it was on what? CBS News. Yeah, yeah it, was it was literally everywhere. You see something the, about Hugh Jackman, I don't know what it is. But it's, something, it. it's, something about, it's something about America. I think yeah, yeah. UK is very True. archaic in the way that they, they wait for the wave and then they somehow just maybe miss the wave, but America saw it and they lit up. They I remember lit we up. approached BBC News, they said, we can't talk about balls and BBC News. Really? Yeah. I mean, we even had Anton Deck as a pair of testicles, yeah. animated testicles, talking to the world about the importance of keeping in check and talking about our campaign. That video is still online, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Incredible. Um, well, so that was one defining moment, right? Yeah. What an amazing, like, it's so inspirational. I love it. I, yeah. I am in awe of you guys. I think it's amazing what you did oh, um, you. and saved so many lives. You should be very proud of yourselves. Oh, thank you. Well, we are now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what was then your second defining moment? Um, so this one's kind of linked up with uh, Feeling Nuts because originally we had gone to the States mm. uh, to go and build this out there. Um, we've always felt an attachment to the States. Um, you know, they think big, they think bold. Um, you know, it's the land of optimism. Uh, you know, it's the American dream. You know, your dreams can come true. Mm. Um, and we originally had this idea to go and do Feeling Nuts out there before we did it in the UK. Uh, we got, we actually had the chance to close down Times Square to actually. The mayor said yes to the Salter Brothers. Um, <laughs> the head of um, the MGM Strip Hotel in Las Vegas yeah. said yes to the Salter Brothers to shutting down 80% of the strip and giving yeah. us hotels to have performances in the hotel rooms. I mean, it was, it was bombastic. bombastic. I mean, we had the production company of the Super Bowl halftime show as well. We were on board to produce it. Stop. It was mad. So actually, well, which the, is why you're when saying. When it actually happened, feeling like in the UK, it was a second life. We had a first life. And this, the defining moment, number two, mm. is the reason it didn't happen in the States. Um, we basically um, were living in the States on an Esther visa. So for anyone who's been to America, um, that's essentially a tourist visa. So you can only go into the States for up to, it lasts two years, but you can only be in the States for 90 days tops. Mm -hmm. So on the 89th day, 
of the three months, we'd always leave and we'd go back to the UK, stay for a week and then return. What we should have done is got a proper visa, but obviously being young and, you know. Well, time was always an enemy. You know, if you're getting a yeah. visa, we just knew it would take a few months. So every time we got admin, to- admin, we hate admin. Yeah. So we'd always, <laughs> we'd always script what we were going to say at customs when they say, all right, they'll say, why why are you both here? Your brothers, I don't see, yeah, okay, why are you here? We'd say, what would we say? We're on holiday or I something. Know. I don't know. We we um we wouldn't. We just say something brief. Just just let us through, kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. <laughs> and what had actually happened is, um, coming back on the last one, uh, Simon lost his passport. Uh, which That's is got nothing. Story. To, oh, it has everything. It is to relevant. It has, it has everything we won't go to down it. that rabbit yeah. hole, but the, the, it is relevant because when you get an Esther visa, it's linked to your passport. And when you get a new passport, you need a new passport number. Right. So what happened is when we. It must be in month. I don't know, like 20 of living mm. in LA. We're going back via JFK to go and sign a deal with ABC who were basically going to... Commission. Co- commission, yeah. We're, the deal was done. We were literally going to New York to sign the paperwork, uh, which we regret now. Um, went through JFK, uh, go to customs, what you hear, holiday. <laughs> stamp, stamp, another three months, great, boom. Then they ask, Simon, what are you doing here? Well, you always get this part slightly wrong. Oh, yeah? I say always... Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were t- there were about six TSA officers waiting um, in the wings for me, and I could see them in the distance. Stop. <laughs> yeah, they well because you know that they they're anticipating a drug lord's coming through, or they think because someone is trying to circumvent the system in a very shady kind of way. Uh, so when I got there, they because when I was in the when we were flying through the sky, um, my Esther visa got um, declined. So they were waiting for me right. as the plane was about as, as soon as it landed. Mm. Um, there was so, this moment where, so he got rejected. Or didn't get rejected, <laughs> they said, you need to go to secondary for like more questioning. And then I was fine though. So I said, all right, I'll go, I'll carry on and I'll see you. <laughs> oh, no way. Because <laughs> we had an apartment, I'll see you. The he was like, no, 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 no. I'm your brother, you're staying with you're me. You're kidding, yeah. you didn't <laughs> let him go. Did, no, 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 this you was, let me this go. was no, speak, this was no in individual pursuit. Right no, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't going on my own. Um, uh, we come as a package deal, you see. If I can just uh, say a few things here, is that when we went into secondary, and you've got to understand, it's like strip lighting. It's horrible. It's uh, it, it's it's almost like before you're going to be arrested to be put in a cell. It's mm. not a nice place to be in secondary if anyone's been mm. in secondary. And uh, there was this mother hen walking around who kind of um, didn't believe. So didn't we believe obviously us. revealed everything. Then you know. We're out here doing this show about science. And she kept saying, she kept saying, no, you're in drugs, you're in something. We're going to get to the bottom of this. You're not going anywhere. You're going to go down. <laughs> uh, and and these, so these six officers are there. So they take me to one side. They ask me to stand up and they start searching me. Uh, at this point, I don't worry, I don't get excited. Um, and they, because they went everywhere. <laughs> Every esophagus they could find. Um, oh <laughs> so, and then they asked me to put my hands up. They they um, they put a belt around me and a ball ring, and then they had chains. <laughs> they cuffed. Stop. They cuffed both wrists. Yeah. And they basically connected it. So it basically shackled us. Yeah. And we were like, and these guys have got like they're armed, um, and we're like, is it totally necessary to handcuff us? Like- I, I think there were some officers who were probably dropping a score as bullets because the mm. way they dealt with us wasn't with. Mm. Um, Innocent until proven guilty, yeah. I guess. I mean, they just stripped, not guilty. Uh, they stripped us of our soul. You know, we felt ho- ho- horrible. Then they literally led us to the tarmac. You've been, you've been brought into this thanks to your brother, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, on, exactly. you're on our shackle. <laughs> Simon to thank. Yeah. Just to clarify. Were you actually ever pissed off with me at all? Yes. Okay. Like. So. <laughs> but Have then, you seen the weather outside? <laughs> so actually, interesting enough, Anne is going a bit quicker because. Mm. 
they shackled my brother too. They they surrounded us. Mm. They they took us away because they're closing this situation down. They took us onto this tarmac Andy's talking about, and there's a van, a meat van, you know, the the big kind of police vans. What and you basically transport prisoners around in. And then they had two they had two um, bikes in front, motorbikes. Um, and I was nervous at this point because, well, where are they taking us? <laughs> really? Yeah. So they put us in the back of the van. They threw chains. They would say they're chained to the these steel kind Just of chairs. Just in case we were going to escape, right? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I foolishly asked for air conditioning. That which is a stupid us. idea. Um, they, they obviously didn't have air conditioning in the back. Yeah. Um, so they 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 uh, they took us uh, across the tarmac. We just seen we're leaving oh the God. airport, and then they took us to. Um, it was um, basically a twenty-four hour, hour was, holding oh, area. But had a set, had cells in there and everything. Yeah. They had like they really odd through. people in there customs of an, another terminal and everyone's looking at the two guys coming through a handcuffs. Yeah, public display. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fucking hell. We do get to the point of why this is a defining moment, I'm sure. But we, um, they, then we were there for like uh, another eight hours of being interrogated. Uh, we couldn't, at this point, I was saying to Andy, we've got our meeting with the commissioners of ABC. Mm-hmm. What do we, so Andy would say to one of the officers, I need the toilet. Um, you're still handcuffed. They didn't know that Andy had his phone on him, I believe, at that point. Mm. So I went literally for a number two to go and literally catch. Oh, we didn't make the flight. So sorry, going to have to reschedule. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So, so basically within 24 hours of taking a flight to JFK, we were back home. <laughs> they um, released you. Yeah. Well, 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 they put us on the... They took us back. Let me say this part. Yeah. They took us to the terminal. They got they these are your tickets. You're going back, never to return ever again mm-hmm. in this lifetime. So they took us onto the to this open area, the terminal where everyone saw us, surrounded by these guards in handcuffs. No one wanted to sit next to us. Uh, they escorted us onto the plane with the handcuffs. They gave the passports to the air host, the no air hostess. Um, no one wanted to sit next to me. Um, there was a lot of space next to me. You know. We could have been anyone. We were in handcuffs. It was a horrible, it was a horrible situation to be put to be to have that situation. Not just us, but for others. So I sympathise with others. But the reality was, we we just tried to kind of challenge a whole area, so we didn't have to get a visa. Um, so we came back. Um, our mother, Jewish mother, <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. Um, we then what happened after that i think we we just so crashed we were crushed but so we got mentally i mean yeah everything so every, everything things, been taken from us everything we've yeah. we dreamt i mean we like, manifested we were yeah. yeah we were moving towards our dreams like yeah. we like from a very young age we've been very ambitious and yeah really persistent that's something everyone's always said we're very persistent we don't give mm. up um and we've always worked ourselves outside the system you know neither of us mm. really had a job ever so we've not like well, kind of yeah. moved we're, our way structurally to the yeah. top. We've always kind of, you know, come up with our own ideas, you mm. know, lived an entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, and, you know, every day our dream gets closer and closer. So the fact that these, um, I don't know, these sort of uh, establishments got in our way and there's nothing you can do about it. It's not mm. like I can give someone a call. But um, shout out to Joel Katz. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we... We've collected some amazing mentors uh, in our life who have kind of, I think we've discussed this before, yeah. really yeah. sort of like Definitely. being like our older brother, fatherly figures that have kind of really believed in us and they're hugely successful and they've kind of like connected us, showed us the way, uh, really been there in, in, in terrible moments and moments of celebration as well. Um, and we've got this lawyer, um, he's probably been our lawyer for like 
like over 10 years mm. um he's probably the most powerful man in the music industry i mean he's michael jackson's lawyer uh he's, he's lawyer for the grammys for every chairman of the label yeah like <laughs> if someone goes buys a record label they call him up like lem blavotnik buying one Warner music group you know um he, he's absolutely incredible extremely mm. extremely powerful um very caring for us as well yeah so um by the way our mum was instructed to call him whilst we were in um, uh, locked up in. Oh, the we airport. had we had one call. So <laughs> she we googled Joel. She googled Joel Katz and called a divorce lawyer in Maryland. It was the wrong one. He's like, I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to save the day. Yeah. Um, but he basically uh, really helped us out. I mean, on the first <laughs> on the first go, we got given these O one visas, but unfortunately, the um, the episode in JFK when we got to the MC to collect them, they literally said, "What happened at JFK?" and they revoked the visas. So we actually had to start all over again. Hence it then happened on ABC, it happened on Channel 4. But to be honest, it probably happened way better than it ever would have done um, because we got to give it another go. But the fact we didn't give up was quite amazing. Yeah. Um, that was an overall kind of moment, if there's a mm -hmm. moment. I mean, it was the idea that um, it's to the to the average person on a sideline or 30,000 feet up looking over our life, those, it would have been easy to have tapped out or, or just have given up. Mm. Uh, if anything, paradoxically, it kind of built us more grit and mm. uh, belief because it really challenged our belief. Um, so yeah, that part was an amazing um, moment. I know why you're saying Joel because uh, he was able to get a senator, I believe, to yeah, yeah, write yeah. a... He represents senators, all sorts of people. <laughs> yeah. You've got a 10-year visa out. Let these boys so. back. Yeah. So <laughs> we had a, it, was, it was almost like a life ban that what we were doing. Um, right. but, um, but we got on a massive apology from uh, mm. the US immigration. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, the head yeah. of the... Sorry. The, the direct... I didn't actually mention that, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. we were in... I remember we were in Starbucks in Ebor Street in Mayfair, and we got invited to the Grammys. Ebor Street's in East London. No, it's not. It's in Mayfair. Oh, really? Oh, you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, somewhere in Mayfair in a Starbucks. Yeah. We got invited to the Grammys. It was to, like, the pre-Grammys, the Clive Davis party. Like, the, the most amazing access to this award show you can imagine. And we can't go because of this whole situation. And all we want to do is attend an event. So we Googled, like, who's the most powerful man in immigration? And it turned out his name's Alejandro or something. reported yes. directly into Obama. Yeah. Um, on rest of Obama's soul. Um, <laughs> and um, we guessed his email address and we wrote to him and we said, you know, this is what happened in JFK. We were overdoing this show. Here's the trailer for the show. And I remember we like closed the laptop, like got on a train and um, 40 minutes later, our phones went off and we sort of picked up, it was like Alejandro and we're like, it must be like automated reply or something. And he emailed us and apologized. With full apology. Amazing. Full apology. And he basically, cut long story short, because time may become the enemy. Mm. Um, he basically charged us with a team, gave us a team to make sure we got the right visa, the mm. right approach. And then- Within 24 hours we had a visa. But there's a letter. Yeah. There's a, so I still go through secondary. I don't know why I go through secondary yeah. and don't. So I go through <laughs> secondary. I go through secondary still. It, it, I still don't when, wait for him now. As well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah not after that. If, if when we go to, and I believe, because every time the uh, TSA officer, whoever they are, they always say, um, they sit me down, like disregard me as a human being for a minute or two, come back and they say, I'm sorry, sir. Enjoy America, whatever the, the words are. There is a letter that goes with my, that's on file. And I think it's from the Senator mm. uh, and about this debacle that we kind of experienced. 
so if it's worth yeah yeah yeah, absolutely yeah sorry i've got i've got many uh, many more words i can draw i don't know why i know this i think i'm dyslexic i just want to prove to people my language is still okay in some capacity um so uh he yeah so there is a letter that exists and it's only my fault mr my my guy on the right doesn't go through secondary uh he's, he's all good um but a defining moment merely because you can be up against some of the worst kind of challenges not to compare but this was a really shitty challenge um and you're you're still fully armed on the front lines smelling the coffee and just getting and, and just battling through it because otherwise we just sit down and just kind of wallow in the what ifs um mm. and i said this quote to you the other day and i do it's still like imprinted within me which is um if not me then who if not now then when mm. uh, so that's a consistent mantra that we we tend to use uh, that kind of allows us to kind of battle through any challenges there is no fairy tale story to what we do in any capacity at all and i think that's anyone else Wow, what a moment. Yeah. I feel like I've honestly just watched a TV show. Really? Well, we are. This is, isn't this your show right now? Yeah. We've got 16 cameras. We've got heavy production. What's your budget? Um, unreal, unreal. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone will be... Um, both have just enjoyed your story. It's so entertaining, but oh. also really inspiring. You know, that's what the podcast is about. It's understanding that even in these moments where um, everything seems to be going wrong, it always is truly going right Mm. um yeah so yeah Yeah. thank you it's a pleasure push your peak is a brand new podcast brought to you by what bike join me louise minchin and some of the world's most incredible sports people to learn what it takes mentally and physically to push yourself beyond your limits whether you're an elite or everyday athlete it can be hard to continually progress how do you push yourself out of your comfort zone where do you go to find that inner drive tune in to hear these inspiring stories and take away the belief that you can achieve your own goals no matter matter how big or small you can find us wherever you got this podcast just search push your peak hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh 
What is then your third defining moment? We agreed on what it was. Okay. Probably the biggest one. Though. It is. It is. It is. It is. It, it, it's it's the defining of the the ultimate burnout, which I believe we all mm. kind of go in in some capacity, or some people I know have gone through it, uh, which was a great kind of challenge on our journey. But do you wanna do you wanna open this one up? Yeah. Crack um, it open, Andy. Where are we now? With 2022. <laughs> so yeah, it must be in 2016 then. Yeah. So following feeling nuts, following getting arrested at JFK. <laughs> Uh, we went on to build a um, really successful business um, and um, you kind of sort of felt like we were living our dreams finally. But in that process, um, we did something really silly and really stupid. Um, and that was we never really took care of ourselves. Um, I, th I think we think sacrifice sleep. I think we had a very unhealthy diet. Um, you know, we rarely, you know, went to the gym, even though that was very much part of growing up. You know, we, we were both athletes growing up. Um, what do you say? You took a little deep breath there. <laughs> I, I, okay. Um, um, no, no. Yeah. No. And Actually, uh, you go ahead, Andy. You go ahead. Sorry, go on. No, I was just thinking because I just realized there was a time when I would walk down Oxford Street mm. with my hat down, my hood up, mm. only on the basis I felt fucking awful mm. physically. I just didn't like the way I looked because I didn't take care of myself. Mm. Uh, which um i wanted to be invisible on that street is a weird thing i just and you know I, and and sometimes i'd wake up and go for a run and i'd break down and cry mm. i've never shared that before mm. what is the power that you have roxy it's amazing <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah. i think um we used to actually it's really funny we used to say to each other um i've got that sinking feeling thing again mm. um which seemed to be something that kept happening on a, a daily basis yeah and what we've now kind of learned you know i don't think it was that it wasn't really spoken about that then, but it was basically anxiety and mm. anxiousness, and which kind of didn't make sense because we've been working so hard to have things like financial freedom uh, and to have achievement and to be recognised and um, you know to be an entrepreneur. Finally, you can claim I'm an entrepreneur, not trying to be one. Mm. Yeah, you know, I really, you know, most mornings during that year couldn't even get out of bed and I, I couldn't find the drive you know we were talking earlier mm. about like Mondays you know like now it's different and we'll kind of explain why in a minute but you know I get out of bed now and I thought like I've got a purpose you know like not only are we building something we're actually helping people and we're seeing the uh, effects of that every day um, but it got really bad like you know I don't think it was depression I mean who knows um but it got to the point where i sort of said to my brother i just really don't know what to do like i'm not enjoying life anymore uh, it was really mm. sad um <laughs> when he does the <gasps> well because i know categorically he'll just you'll just ride the wave keep talking talking, talking, talking. Um, <laughs> by uh, the way i feel uh, like you did this to andy on stage at my workshop yes, 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 now it's andy's turn yeah um interesting when we did the edit for that that video it's all andy's sound bites so everything when it's i was kind of oh let I'm me just tell you though but i was i was i, uh, I right, say the best okay. things no, <laughs> no but you know i was really i was i took the platform to kind of be candid about the way that i felt about you and about my purpose oh, right nice, yeah. it was yeah. amazing yeah. i'm yeah. sure oh no 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 but, we, no, no but when you see the final edit you'll see it's i i, I play um the warm-up act i don't get involved really at all mm. um but yeah we went well it was size idea so let's let's just go to the doctors yeah which was a poor it was a which wasn't the best of ideas because when you're like in salvation and there's no mm. kind of trusted source your trusted source being the gp has a limited bandwidth of knowledge and anything he's like the farm agent all he's doing is pushing pills on us and mm. all those pills when you read the side effects is it really worth popping one of those 
or is that just gonna add more fuel to the fire? Mm. Um, so we yes. had to look at alternative ways. There's yeah. no way I wanted my brother being the older brother. And I didn't really own up to Andy about, I was feeling the same thing, maybe worse. And I think that's maybe an older brother syndrome, which we spoke about on stage with you that, mm. that day. Um, I hated the idea that I was failing my brother. Mm. Um, which amplified the feelings I was having um, to kind of go to sleep and not sleep, to kind of wake up full of angst and cortisol levels rocketing off like a fireworks display, not having any control. Like Andy's used the word about being the sea of our own body. We weren't, we completely disregarded it. So yeah, looking at alternative ways was a very important part because we didn't know where this was going to head. And we weren't educated. I don't think we were really educated at school, you know, it's a very archaic kind of system in schools at the moment. Yeah, we're not taught about the mind. You're not. Mm. And, it's, it's um, a, and we had to be in a situation. I yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like our minds are like our most precious resource. Mm. Um, and we rely and depend on them to, you know, to function well, to focus, but also to be happy and to mm. be content. Yeah, we just literally disregard them. We don't look after them. We mm -hmm. take more care of our clothes and our homes and our, our cars. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the things I realized um, that I didn't know what it was like to be present. I was mm. always leapfrogging into the future, like predetermining the future, mm. you know, worrying about things. And I, I kind of felt like I wasn't like that when I was a kid, you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, someone might say, you know, that's because when you're a kid, you know, you're more you're more naive, you haven't got experience. Fearless, but actually, more, yeah. I felt like when I was younger, that's where, you know, like talking about getting arrested in JFK, that was completely led by naivety. Now I'd be like all over it, got to get the visa, got to get this. But mm. actually, mm. would we have got that far if we were overthinking stuff and being anxious all the time? And yeah, um, and that's kind of where we sort of landed. Um, and we started to research into like say, saying, you know, uh, alternative medicine, uh, you know, TCM or tradi traditional Chinese medicine. We'd look at different ancestral oh, kind of. It's a new word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've not heard that. So uh, it was like some new drug. Yeah, I was like, what <laughs> is this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We can talk about that too. Um, um, and um, you know, we did lots of different things, uh, but it was one moment that sort of uh, changed our life, and now it's become our life. Um, and we got invited um, to an apartment in West London. There was a lady uh, in town from China just for a week from her village. Um, and she decided she wanted to share a little bit about the miracles of mushrooms. Mm. Um, and we went along to this tea ceremony because at that point we would have done anything to not feel like the way we did. Uh, we were kind of hoping they were magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what most people think of when they yeah, think of yeah. taking kind mushrooms. Of, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately? Um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a fear. Well, there is. There's a. It's decorated in fear, I believe. Yeah, mushrooms. Mm. Um, it's actually yeah. There's something called mycophobia, which is the irrational fear of mushrooms, um, and which is something we learned that night. And um, what mm. was quite amazing about this lady, she didn't just go like this mushroom does this, this mushroom does that. She actually went into the background of mushrooms, mm. and you know we're very knowledgeable about now, of course, with dirty. Mm. But um, I didn't realize that. Uh, fungi are its entire kingdom like the planet kingdom like the human kingdom um i didn't realize there was millions of species of fungi i didn't realize they were the first species to come from the ocean to the dry land they created something called a, a fungi network as a mycelium network anyone seen fantastic fungi mm. will know all about mm. it um and actually our entire planet including us including trees plants completely thrive on this mycelium network so they get the nutrients yeah. their minerals 
what? He does that thing. Oh, no, I know. If I say and, it doesn't say and in fungi. Sorry, man. I say and if you took fungi out of the equation, the ecology, everything ceases to exist, including mm, us. Yeah. Mm. They survive six. Uh, five extinctions. Five extinctions. Mm. They will survive another one when we're gone. They'll be here after us. And we will be the cause and the victim. That's another kind of case yeah. to talk about. 30% yeah. of pharmaceuticals derive from fungi. They live in, they, sorry, they breathe just like us. They breathe in oxygen. They breathe out carbon dioxide. We actually have, um, we share 54% of our DNA with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So you're actually half a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> a desirable one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, also it's, it's, it's the only... It's so the is only... there an orange mushroom? <laughs> there is, there is, there is. Is there? The chicken, um, oh, what's it called? Is it harsh? No, 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 don't. We talk about the color of it. Yeah. Um, but there is also, uh, it's, a, it's the only non-mammal species that actually uh, secretes vitamin D. Mm. Um, mm. So everything that we, in theory, most of us are deficient in is all within the fruiting body of the mushroom. Mm. And that night is what we learned. She cracked the door open to this, mm. this so these, mystery world. May I say, so these uh, functional, also medicinal mushrooms are... Um, antiviral they're antibacterial they're anti-inflammatory uh you know one of the mushrooms has more antioxidants in it um in one teaspoon than 600 blueberries uh they're amazing for the skin um they help us sleep they help us think better they can regrow and regenerate brain cells they're a source of natural energy um and it all comes from this amazing they're the fruiting body of this mycelium network mm. so mm-hmm. they are magic mushrooms just not mm. in the magic that you're right that's exactly yeah. it they're, they're magical in a very different kind of way that others people perceive the magic mm. but when you went to this um the lady's house mm-hmm. so what was it how were you yeah introduced so uh, it was a, a friend of us introduced us to this concept and who knew there was tea ceremonies going on in west london but then when you think west london maybe that makes mm. sense but um we entered this room and the, the 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 lights were dim, and she had Palisanto. Mm. You know, so the first thing f- for your listeners, it's it's a it's a tree in South America that when you burn the bark of it, it gives off this sweet smell that hasn't been tampered with. But it's also known as the holy wood, mm. and it almost puts you in this state, this parasympathetic state, this very calm kind of state. So, and uh, you know, cushions on the floor, very ceremonial, very kind of like a salon, very cool. And um, she. Um, she it's, it's the way she presented it. It was it was almost a sacrament. You know, here's the mushroom. See it, be one with it. Like because mm. there is a divine union we share with. It, and Andy was like telling you, and it's the moment you kind of sit with it. And the way we we lifted the bowl was like drawing from the river. So everything was mm. so symbiotic with uh, with nature, mm. and there is a harmony of nature we do share. Um, and I think for that moment to drink something that was so purely healing and nice. Mm. How are mushrooms? But how are mushrooms nice? They have you've tasted our mushrooms, mm. um, and to drink something that's so bioavailable as well that it gets meaning it gets into the circulatory system. It starts to heal the body. So as much as it's healing the future of our planet, its mushrooms are healing our body. It's allowing us to improve the betterment of our well-being or just improve or optimize. Mm. Um, my thing was always in that moment: how could something so healing be so dismissed for so many years? The defining moment really became that these were healing us mm. and quite quickly, quite it? incredibly quickly. So if they could heal us, how many more people could be healed by these mushrooms? Mm. So how quickly? I said in a couple of weeks. I don't know. If you, well, well, what we, happened? We, did you start so drinking the tea every day? Yeah. Every day. That was that night we drank. So sleep was one of my biggest issues mm. um, and it hadn't been before. It's not now. No. <laughs> 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 I've fallen asleep three times. 
today yeah. since you've been speaking. Uh, yeah. um, uh, the, that's, that's terrible to say that to Roxy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, so Reishi um, increases your non-REM, your deep sleep. Mm. Uh, and that night we drank, one of the mushrooms drank was Reishi, which is one of Dirty's mushrooms. Uh, and I slept, I haven't slept that well in like over a year. Um, and um, that was one of the biggest sort of immediate impacts is mm. how, how quickly it worked. Um, energy was something I suffered and we were drinking a mushroom called cordyceps. Oh my God, I've got to say, <laughs> I've been having my cordyceps mushrooms, having a teaspoon of it in my coffee every morning. Amazing. And I am sleeping an hour less at night, so seven mm. hours instead of eight. Oh wow! And I'm not having a second coffee. Wow. Oh wow! So I'm I am like hooked. It's so good. <laughs> it really amazing. is. Yeah, I'm loving it, and it's actually now become immediately a habit. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to oh, hear that. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm so happy because yeah. you know one of the things is we never want to force habit. We just want people to elevate their morning, yeah, like yeah. your morning coffee. Mm. And it's so easy. You just add it to something I'm already taking. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And actually, interesting. Well, cordycep has a compound called cordycepin inside it. So when you do drink it, it increases the amount of oxygen into your muscles, into your lungs. Mm. For those who have any issues, uh, I can't say the word. Uh, breathing issues, respiratory issues. Yeah. It, it helps clear the esophagus. It's uh, amazing for those who have asthma. And, and mm. for those who want to uh, endure longer on any physical training, it's amazing. A friend of ours who has long COVID, uh, one of the things is he's consistently fatigued. Since he's been drinking cordyceps, it's kind of had an impact now on his energy. He's in the gym the same time I'm, I'm in the gym. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, our, our, our tipping point or our moment was, um, these are having such an unbelievable pr and the thing is the effect it had on us it we had we had a we had a remit we had a responsibility we had a purpose for the first time we felt we had a purpose that was mm. beyond it was never supposed to be a business this was mm. about us bringing friends over on a friday night to ours and seeing if they are reaping the same benefits as us mm. and then when you steep into the stories these ancestral stories that go back two thousand years ago when when um, great uh, emperors were drinking these mushrooms in order to kind of improve their longevity, the mushroom Andy spoke about reishi, which is uh, I can't think of the Latin term, but if you if you translate the uh, to uh, English, it's the miraculous mushroom. It's the mushroom of more immortality. It's the mushroom uh, of longevity. Um, it really has. So everything they were drinking back then, we've now got studies and research that's basically allowing us to rediscover why they were drinking it and why they were so why they found it as these sacred offerings from the gods. So mm. the point for us really was, the moment really was it was helping us. And for me, it was like a godsend because all I wanted to do is for my brother to be better because I felt like I was failing him. So uh, it was a moment and that moment is consistently gone and it's now building, I believe, a movement in the world of mushrooms. Mm. And you know, now, unfortunately, does it take a tragedy for us to shake the consciousness mm. to realize that there are things out there that can heal us. I think mm. our biggest challenges, and I guess it's kind of happened in the kind of mindful movement. I mean, the idea of meditating a few years ago, I guess a lot of my friends probably laugh at me at the idea of it. And now mm. everyone's got some kind of app that's helping them every day to do yeah. it. And it's so almost true. like these ancient cultures um, who have access to the world of nature and they've been able to create these rituals daily for thousands of years. And, you know, we've got a certain way living, you know, here in the West. And, you know, what we've always been quite good at is taking a something that's quite esoteric and strange and a bit weird or embarrassing mm. or just not cool. Mm. Quite, Pretty much like what you've done with Manifest, actually. Mm. It's really similar. Um, Very. 
yeah. everyone I know talks about it. And it, I showed it you. manifest cool. Just as a side, <laughs> just as a side note, like a lot of my guy friends, they yeah. all know about it. I mean, I sent you some of the videos. Yeah. It's, it's, it's inspiring. It really is inspiring. Really oh. is just as a side note. Thank you. Well, I think, you know, we are very aligned and I think that's why we've been doing so much together because mm. we are both, um, you know, all three of us trying to make self-development and healing and inner healing also cool and commercial. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, you guys have that same thing thing as me, I suppose. You're both very kind of entrepreneurial. Um, you do have commercial mindsets. You do love networking, speaking to people, mm. meeting new people, growth. Um, and at the same time, you have a sole purpose of healing and helping and joining those together, I think makes something magical. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what you've done remarkably is normalize something. So like you're saying, historical, like it's mm. interestingly enough, when I, we went to America, there's a bookshop called Barnes & Noble. I don't think it's open anymore. I'm not too sure. But you went to the top floor. The whole floor was self-help. Mm. Yeah, in the UK, in Waterstones, it was the smallest corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so true. Uh, which is why I can't wait for you to fly over the pond, a very small <laughs> yeah. pond, and become ubiquitous <laughs> as a manifest back. queen. Um, so quickly, for people mm. who want to know about Dirty, um, what are your products? What have you got and how can people incorporate them into their daily mm. lives well we can go from sunrise to sunset can't we we did a really simple version of it uh does that mean you're going to speak and i'm not <laughs> no <laughs> no it's cool i saw you i saw you, you look I saw you simple look. no it's fine someone just messaged me on slack anyway we'll get back to you. <laughs> uh go on you go andy you go well you, no, no, what, is, what do you want each we'll do one each that's fair isn't it <laughs> let me do lines like mate. Kids. let okay. me do lines mate. okay 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 you do chaga <laughs> i'll start with chaga yeah go for chaga, chaga we'll, we'll do it by the time of day that we drink it Okay. And, then, and, and, and naturally you'll see the color palette is based mm -hmm. on sunrise to sunset. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Also, could you explain to people how you can take this for people that don't drink coffee, for example? Sure. How exactly right. are you taking it? Sure. Okay, yeah, cool. So we basically have two separate lines. Um, mm. One line is pure 100% uh, mushroom extra powder. Organic. <laughs> That's organic. Um, and, uh, and we'll go through each each of the mushrooms um, that sort of refer to those more as the teas, the traditional way of consuming the mushroom where you literally would add a, a teaspoon to hot water, you stir it and you drink. Like coffee, it comes straight so people can customise it. Um, you know, they can add honey or like, a, you know, an oat milk if that's what they like or a sweet natural sweetener, uh, or like what you do, you know, you can add it to your coffee, you can add it to a smoothie. Uh, you basically make it work for you mm. and you find what, out what works for you. But the important thing, as long as that mushroom is going into your body, it's gonna do all the healing and it's gonna help mm. you to function better and heal you. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side, we've got more of what I like to refer as more of a mainstream product, uh, which we've created to really normalize the situation. Uh, and I think this is where the brand's going to get more of the fame because what we've done is they're called super blends. And what we've done is we've taken drinks that people already drinking like coffee, cacao. You know, we look at something like Starbucks, right? This is where we get a bit like, you know, um, we get a bit much. <laughs> but I look and, at like and he's talking about the enemy. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> how, what's his name? Howard. Does he listen to your podcast? I very much now. doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Howard. Um, so the, like, I look at something like Starbucks and because when I, you know, when we had all these issues, you know, ha what was my lifestyle like? I take this coffee and it was just to literally wake me up. 
mm. and just to feel really alert. And you get this like spike of energy and you get this crash, but you also get this like you get acid refluxes. You know, sometimes I have digestive issues. Like you would, we were drinking things, but with compromise. Mm. So what we've kind of done is we've looked, okay, most of the country, like a lot of people are trying to come off coffee or at least reduce caffeine intake. But a lot of people drink coffee and they want to drink coffee and they enjoy it. So our, our whole thing is like, let's take a, a really high quality, very tasty coffee and then blend it with functional ingredients. Mm-hmm. So something that's going to improve your immunity, something that's going to increase your focus, give you clarity. Uh, it's going to improve your skin um and it's going to make you feel calm it's going to be a calmer energy and not something that's going to last an hour or two hours and then you need another cup of coffee but actually because they're adaptions mushrooms are adaptogens and what that basically means is you get this slow release of energy so it'll last Mm. more like five six hours you won't need that extra coffee and you won't get that crash so we've basically we feel like we're inventing something new um we're basically taking normal drinks and we're making them super drinks. Mm. Um, and we've done that with a coffee and we've done that with a cacao. And also the cacao, you know, people... Oh, it's would... delicious. It's like a hot chocolate. Yeah, exactly. And, and it doesn't so spike nice. the sugar levels. No, I love like it. 16 calories, zero sugar. It's got vanilla, cinnamon, lacuma, mm. coconut milk powder in it. So we've made it taste really good. And mm. then it's got the ratio that you were chatting about. Mushroom yeah. immortality. The mushroom mortality. Proves sleep, reduces stress, soothes anxiety. It's amazing. For, oh, I, need, well. I need more reishi. Okay, <laughs> it'll give you a life supply. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank um, you. But then to go through each one, yeah. which and, and the most important thing, just to stress, is the reason we did each one is because you know our purpose is to help educate people. Mm. And we mm. could just dish out lion's mane here and jagger there, but separately, so people really understand what they're steeping into. Mm. Um, so. Uh, maybe Annie, you fire away with the morning. We'll go for the chaga. So I drink chaga first thing in the morning. Um, mm. Actually, just be- I want to say before I meditate because then it's going to sound all like kind of. And is single, so try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I just want it not to feel <laughs> like it's weird drinking, um, uh, you know, teas and stuff. But you can drink it first thing in the morning. The thing I like about it, it really grounds you, mm. uh, makes you feel really present, uh, which is my favourite state of mind. Mm. Um, it gives you. It's a source of natural energy. Um, it actually is incredible for your skin. You know, one of the issues that we sort of had mm. when we were going through that unhealthy year in 2016 was like, a really, my skin really suffered. Mm. Um, so dry. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Chaga is the one thing that really, really improved it, really hydrates your skin. And we get um, a lot of people who respond who have erasure and psoriasis and so forth. Really? It's cured it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Wow. And really powerful. It's um, incredible. It, it really is. It actually can protect you from harmful sun rays as well. Yeah. Well, so because it's got a high concentration of melanin. Don't wear sun cream, but you know it does. It helps. Um, wow! And then it's just uh, it supports your strength, supports and strengthens your immune system. Mm. Um, so you know if you're, you know you just don't want to get a cold or you feel like you've got something coming on, you just drink that, and it's very powerful. Um, each serving is two thousand milligrams, so it's uh, more than anything else you'll see out there on the market. Mm-hmm. We've wow. really gone for potency and strength. Yeah. Um, as I start my mornings at four thirty, up before the world wakes, win that first battle. Is, is it the only time you guys are apart? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He rolls out the top bunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think you know, certainly a calm mind is a product of mine. Many will say, but you know, it's so quiet in the morning. And it's it, it and so the reason I say that is lion's mane is my weapon of choice in the morning, meaning that it's it's a brain it's a brain tonic lion's mane or perceived as a nootropic not to get too scientific but um, by drinking lion's mane it activates something called 
neuro growth factor, which is the, the growth of new brain cells in your hippocampus, the thinking part of the mind, which is absolutely tremendous. And by doing so, it increases focus, memory, and concentration. Thousands of years ago, Shaolin monks would actually consume lion's mane before they went into a deep meditative state and they would actually achieve chi. They would talk about how lion's mane would have helped them. So taking ancestral kind of references, having it in the morning, uh, for I would use it for meditation. Um, it also it takes away brain fog. It gives you a sense of clarity. Mm. Uh, everything I'm actually sharing is all scientifically proven. There's tea publishing, tea pub, sorry. No, is it, what's it called? <laughs> The NCBI, which is basically a another drug on the street. Yeah. NCBI is basically a platform yeah. for where a lot of the clinical research is kind of uh, promoted and so forth. But there you go. You've lost all your listeners by me saying random stuff. Yeah. No, this is fab. I'm, I'm also like, I'm going to take this to write book two. Okay. <laughs> um, so by um, so having that's amazing. Again, we should say there's no caffeine, no sedatives in any of these. Um, so having that in the morning is amazing. I'll sometimes add it to a coffee or use our dirty mushroom coffee. But I think the most important thing is if you could, even in the sense of shifting the mind to positive affirmations, the fact that you can drink something and it's healing, I think it's incredibly important in the morning. Mm. So important. Um, so yeah, less lines made. Okay, could you, sorry, just quickly, if someone's like, oh my God, like me, I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, I need everything. Yeah. But there's only so, many, so much liquid I can drink. Could... <laughs> I <laughs> could I mix mix it? Yeah, you can. Yeah. We, Would it taste great question. Worse or is it fine? No, it's still the the compounds and nutrients are still bioavailable, still operates. So you can we call it the dirty elixir. You know, mm. putting them all together, yeah. um, you're going to say something. Or oh, I can carry on. No, so but the things if you have more than ten mushrooms in there, like different, then, then you're going to lose its kind of essence. But no, yeah, but you, like two or three. Yeah, three, yeah, absolutely. Four. I mean, four. in our dirty mushroom <laughs> Fuck coffee, it, all of them. Yeah. In, in, our, in our dirty mushroom coffee, we use three. We use chaga, lion's mane, and cordyceps, and that's probably a nice way to talk about cordyceps because that's the next energy mushroom yeah, that you would we have. We did cover it a little bit, so I won't go too much into it. But I'll talk about one area you didn't mention. Yes. Daytime. Uh, physical activity so it basically increases lung capacity mm. uh helps get oxygen through the body to the muscle tissues to the cells to the blood um uh, like i say i think you mentioned it gives you more energy through the day so it's definitely anyone wants a boost of energy it's great mm. um i uh, have five weeks to train for a marathon i hadn't run in a, in a month mm. uh, and on my first running session i had cordyceps first time i use it whilst running tablespoon ridiculous amounts like four and a half grams um, I ran 15k and I hadn't run 15k in my life and it's because I didn't, I didn't feel like that tight chest is the reason I'd stop yeah so it just really feel you genuinely and everyone I asked so I know it wasn't just me your lungs really sort of open up so if you're doing like a workout class or you, you're going swimming or running it's it's amazing absolutely incredible I love it it's also really good in the bedroom department so it increases uh, libido, libido. Uh, yeah so before you get laid definitely uh <laughs> Have a cup of cordyceps tea. <laughs> again, again, scientifically proven. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not just found as pushing a brush. You know, there was one week I was drinking a lot and I felt very horny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, Annie would have banged anything with a pulse that yeah, way. I did. I, I, I did. <laughs> um, yeah. And and it's a nice it's a nice yeah. nutty taste actually it's got mm. a nice caramelly did nutty. you mention that lion's mane tastes amazing lion's mane is my favorite one it's yeah. got caramel kind mm. of uh, taste i to think it. cordyceps it, oh yeah it's got I a agree. similar kind of palette i think yeah. i i'd say with cordyceps like if you don't love the taste add a little bit of honey and it's amazing it Game really changer. is yeah um 
then the 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 horizon sunset red of Rishi yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is 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 actually probably I'd say is, is my favorite on the basis of how quickly that it can perform on on the body. Uh, Rishi is also known for a compound that actually it's got nearly three hundred compounds in a Rishi. Mm-hmm. So one of the compounds um, actually calms your nervous system down. Mm-hmm. So an overactive mind. It just calms it down in the evening because I think a lot of us who have a creative mindset are pushing the envelope in our respected industries. We are literally on, on, on how mm. do you turn the mind off? Mm. Rach is fabulous at that. So having that in the evening is uh, scientifically proven how it kind of increases your non-REM, your deep sleep. Mm. Um, and it was remarkable for me. Both Annie and I ha- suffered from sleep deprivation mm. um, because we were always on. Rishi calmed us down and gave us amazing sleep. I would say it's a bitter experience, but again, you can add oat milk or soy milk. Mm. Um, uh, we do add it into our cacao, um, again, to kind of mask the taste, but it doesn't affect the yeah. efficacy. The um, the other interesting thing about it, I recently read about, those who suffer from hay fever will love this because Reishi, one of the other compounds in it, it, it suppresses your histamine levels. So when you're around like pollen and grass, you're mm. It arouses your histamine, so you get these different micro-inflammations. There's an active compound in it called polysaccharides, which is basically a immune modulator. So it actually balances out your immune system. So essentially, um, yeah, like hay fever or any kind of allergy, your immune system has like a hyperactive response. Mm. It just brings it down to a normal level. And then if you're getting like a virus or a cold or anything like that, it's underactive, so it just brings it up. So basically, I, I actually probably say out of anything out there, um, it's the best thing for your immune system. It's ratio. Yeah, because yeah. every time I've got something, I'll have um, uh, ratio at night, I'll drink it, and it's literally stops in a track. So I might get a little bit of cold, but it will never get that bad. Like I still function, I still yeah. got energy. Mm. And then within 24 to 48 hours, it's just completely gone. Wow. Yeah. I, I was actually scored on this recently because I think it's important to understand that the fact when you, your immune system is compromised, the first thing you do is go to Holland Bar and buy something that stimulates it, like uh, echinacea, uh, which became a buzz term over COVID. But unfortunately, all that's doing is boosting and boosting your immune system. The great thing about these mushrooms, they're immunomodulators, like Andy was saying, they all they want to do is keep your, your immune system at a cruise level. Mm. So if it's slightly um, aroused, it, it'll bring it down to that cruise level. If it's, if it's depleted, it'll just bring it up slightly. All the mushroom is doing is just trying to allow you to be feel healed. Personally, I you know over what happened with COVID or if there's anything else going externally like the common cold, it almost feels like wearing an S on your chest. You know the reality is we've never really succumbed to different westernized pills or pharmaceutical kind of pills because mushrooms seem to be the great healers. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a pill here and there, but mushrooms have become the beacon um, of us, of our lifestyles, and the reason we feel so good. The reason up at four thirty, have the best night t- nighttime routines because recovery is everything to kind of uh, ensure that we can wake up with a great mindset. And where we had brain fog, we have greater clarity. We have a bad sleep, we have the best sleep. Um, and where we were feeling shitty all the time, we now feel good. And I, I, I always, I will always put it down to mushrooms, which is why I feel it's our calling. And it's our purpose, and there's no terminus point to this journey, I'd say. Mm. Oh, I'm sure everyone's <laughs> yeah. out to get the mushrooms now. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly, I'm really thinking about all the different things I can use it for. And I definitely think education is key here. And you guys are very, very good at what you do. And your explanations are, well, you just make it so accessible and you get people excited about mushrooms, which mm. is. <laughs> Incredible. Do we want to just touch on psychedelics? Yes, I mean Ooh. it's been yeah. it's been yeah. something that's been so for many years. Annie and I sat with researchers 
Uh, we have read so many papers. I think it's one of the um, the greatest upsets that we're, that it, it's it's not in the consciousness of many of us. But fortunately enough, we're now um, experiencing, I would say, a psychedelia renaissance. There are so many institutions that have been given private funding to commence these kind of uh, research on, on, on clinical trials to support how healing psychedelics are. There's over 200, 300 different strains of psychedelics, all of which are unbelievably healing. What it can do for those who suffer or experience, I'd say, certain um, symptoms such as depression, addiction. To see, as I've, I've witnessed in some capacity, the healing and the breakthroughs. It, it, I, one thing I realize is one that we have a divine union with these mushrooms. The second thing is from a psychedelics um, experience, if in the right site and set and setting with the right practitioners. There in are a two, legal location. In a, in a legal location, <laughs> soon to be ubiquitous, I do hope. Two things come out of it, courage and empathy. Um, personally, I think we should be spiking every leader <laughs> for psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and remarkably, the results keep um, showing how profound and how healing it is. And there's an amazing uh, chart that uh, David Nutt, um, who used to work alongside Tony Blair and Labour before he got kicked out for saying something about MDMA, I think, on publicly on, on in the news. It shows you how toxic some of these extraordinary things are that are uh, behind the counter. Like you, you can walk into a news agent, um, buy a bottle of um, whiskey and kill yourself. Um, these toxins exist right at the bottom, right at the bottom, psilocybin, psychedelics, with no kind of drawbacks to it at all. The problem is it's been given such a bad rep for so many years from the Nixons and the 70s, um, even up until now, there's still a misconception, but there's some great, there's some great pillars like Robin Cartwright, Harris, Michael Pollan, even Joe Rogan, uh, Lex Freeman, that are just trying to give us a platform so we can speak to those who are respected in the industries of, uh, of clinical studies around psilocybin to allow us to hear the results and make, allow us to make our own decision about it. And there's a great book by Michael Pollan about how psychedelics can change your mind. There's a great book by um, Merlin Sheldrake about life and tangle, which really allows us to understand the power of these, um, of psychedelics and also fungi. Um, I, I, I believe at the moment that this psychedelic renaissance allowing, allowing to become a conversation without everyone being too scared because the realization that you can cure something that's been, you know, where it's PTSD or so forth, that you can actually have one session and some people define it as uh, in one session is like 10 years of therapy. Mm. And he used the most amazing analogy. I don't know if you can talk about that. Thank you the, so much. Well, <laughs> he's and like he, finally and, one to and me. <laughs> he, I don't know which one he's talking about because there's loads of them, but <laughs> mostly I'm lifted. A guess. Yeah, um, right. So, uh, yeah, so one thing I sort of talk about is um, so with psychedelics. It's like getting an elevator and going to the top of Everest. And when you do that, you see what's possible with the human mind and where you can take it. Mm. And when you come back down, you're willing to do the work because you can see where the mind can go mm. um, through transcendental meditation or breath work or you know, any other sort of natural sources. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, you know, I think is quite incredible about psychedelics is kind of this whole idea of hacking flow state, you know, um, the idea, and I guess for people that you know don't know much about flow state, but they recognise it as immediate as I explain it, is um, you probably experienced that a lot when you were writing your book. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Is All that the sort time. of like, is that sort of time where you 
feel your best and you perform at your best uh, and you actually lose track of time and just all the answers just seem to be connecting you get to the absolute flow and you just feel completely arrested by that moment mm. nothing else matters um and what um psilocybin um as an example has the power to do is uh, so you, this part of your brain is called prefrontal cortex and it deals with um what's where you store sort of past traumas whether they're minor what you call them micro traumas or macro traumas yeah, yeah. sort of minor things someone said to you at school or it might be something happened with a parent or whatever it's all stored within there and they're like they can be triggered at any point then you've also got um kind of informed by traumas is like anticipation about the future uh which is kind of where anxiousness comes from anxiety comes from it's this sort of predetermining the future uh you know simon swims in the serpentine lake every other morning i probably join him once a week he's more mad than me but you can easily walk up to the serpentine lake going oh what if there's something in there that's going to bite me mm. and then you're like oh, i don't want to do that so the the thing is is that uh which is that's the whole thing about predetermining the future and just mm-hmm. freezing so what the psilocybin does it knocks offline the prefrontal cortex so you're no longer you, thinking about the signals going back and forth you're just completely in the moment it also dismantles the ego which mm-hmm. means you can start to have conversations with yourself about things that you typically might bat off or protect yourself from there's a kind of a numbingness to it, mm. um, which you can start to confront things from maybe the, the past in your life. Um, mm. And it's a lot more easier to do that. Um, and what's, you know, we've, are we allowed to say we've had some experiences before? Yeah. <laughs> we've had some experiences before. And it's not, quite... not in this country. <laughs> there's a, there's a, re- yeah, not in this. Uh, <laughs> there's a real, uh, there's a real kind of, circus circus to the sort of input signals coming in the 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 visual aesthetics is incredible there's two channels you often say you can close your eyes or you can Mm -hmm. open your eyes and you see some really incredible visuals uh but you know you can close your eyes and you almost have this like voice of god that's having a conversation with you um you know and you know i've experienced enough to see what the power is and and where you can Mm. go with it and what's quite incredible is like you know, a lot of people have used it to actually cure uh, drug addictions to like from like cocaine and things like that. Mm. Uh, so it has actually the exact opposite to other drugs. And, and actually, the day after a trip or a journey, you actually feel better. <laughs> There's no come down. You feel mm. better. They call it almost like an afterglow. It releases uh, a neurotransmitter, which is serotonin to a, I can't think of the other technical name, but it fits in perfectly into part of the hemisphere, which basically incre- increases this euphoric state. And other drugs, if taken in- inappropriately, like MDMA, so that it flushes out that serotonin, which is why mm. you get the come down the next day. But psilocybin does the complete opposite. I mean, again, something so healing, yet so dismissed because mm. there's a sense of, you know, why? I mean, there are so many reasons why you could conspiracize the idea of why it's such a, why is it being dismissed from us? I think there's lots of forces that are out there in terms of now considering it and taking it seriously as an alternative to yeah. I mean, the government, therapy. the government have spoken very confidently about it mm. in yeah. the UK, yeah. in the UK. And the fir- it's the very but first like, time. why not? When something, you know, in terms of conventional medicine is not working or mm. ECT therapy, as an example, isn't working, why not try another route? Mm. Um, you know, MDMA actually used to be used in marriage counselling. In the 1950s. Really? <laughs> Albert Hoffman, I believe, coined, yeah. uh, sorry, established the, uh, synthesised it. Um, yeah. But then you look at, sorry, I was going to say that right now, I, th- I say the psychedelia, psychedelia renaissance because uh, li- beyond the literature, there is 
the government, the F FDA in America have, have funded, I believe Matthew Johnson, who's a clinical psychologist in, in looking at addiction, they funded him and his research team, I think five million, which is still quite maybe a, a small amount, but it's just showing you that they're, they're nodding to yeah. the future, which I think is so important. And certainly there's a planetary anxiety at the moment. And mm. I, I think we have to realize one thing I've realized with mushrooms is that uh, in the things that we've built with the company is that we're not alone. We're all going through something. Yeah. I think mm. that's the most important thing. And, um, and, and mushrooms heal. Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I feel like we could honestly do a whole episode on psychedelics. Yeah, I would love to do that um, one day. We're going to need another hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, thank you so, so much. I don't, we, we don't have time to do the quick fire questions. Oh, thank God. Let's do one yeah. okay. each. What is your most memorable book? Oh, great question. Can I go first? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, inevitably, you day. tend to do that anyway, so there we are. <laughs> Oh, it's a choice between two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so mine is, I think it's called, I, I'll Sleep When I Die or something like that. <laughs> so memorable, you don't even know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know the author, his name's Jerry Weintraub. Um, oh, have you heard of Jerry Weintraub? God, no. What a guy. Yeah, so Jerry Weintraub is probably what I call like the OG hustler. Right. Uh, so he's someone who, uh, I won't get too much into it because I know we're short on time, but he <laughs> managed Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Uh, he was the promoter for Elvis. Elvis. He's responsible wow. for the Oceans movies. Uh, Oceans 11, 12, 13. In fact, he appears in, in, in one, one of them. them. Yeah. Um, but he was one of these guys that kind of came from the outside and saw something he wanted and just went for it. So can I give one little anecdote really mm -hmm. quickly about yeah. Elvis? So uh, he wanted to promote Elvis. Uh, he wanted to put on an Elvis show or, or at least he actually wanted to do the Elvis tour. So um, he basically got the number of Elvis's manager who they called the Colonel and he would call him every single day and said, I want to do Elvis's tour. And obviously the colonel was like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. And he just put the phone down and be like, absolutely not. And he did it every single day. And I think on day 365, I might be making this a bit more dramatic than it actually is, but day 365, he said, all right, if you can get me a million dollars in cash, and it was something ridiculous within like 48 hours, you can do the tour. Uh, so you can do one show, one show. And uh, so he was like, all right. And then he basically phoned every single person he knew. He was a real connector, a real networker. You, know, it, you, you would connect with his energy a lot. And he called everyone he knew. And um, basically everyone turned him down. He was like, all oh, these guys said they were going to be there for me, support me. This is Elvis. Like, why is no one backing me? Mm. He then fired a lawyer, I think. Uh, there was some like billionaire who was like in New York or something and uh, said that he loved Elvis. And basically said to him, all right, I'll back you, but I want 50% of your touring company. <laughs> so he was like, you know, fuck it, do it. <laughs> no. So he literally got a bag of like $1 million in cash. I don't know if it was a bag, but the point is he got the $1 million. The colonel couldn't believe it, gave him the show. He said, all right, if you pull this show off and you sell it out, mm. you can get the tour. So he did the show. I feel like it was in Vegas or somewhere like that. It came to the night of the show. And I think there was like, 10 15% unsold so he went to the local um he went to the local army i don't know it's called local yeah. army we, we yeah, went yeah, to the yeah. army yeah. and he basically bought them in and they removed 15% of the chairs <laughs> <laughs> so then when the colonel walked in he said i've sold it out and he said that's amazing and he got the tour was it wasn't it the round it was the round was it he did the round oh no that's, that's frank 
What? Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah, the main event. Yeah, yeah the main yeah, event's yeah. amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Jerry Weintraub's a legend. Unfortunately, he's not with us now, but uh, he's someone... I love this idea of just relentless persistence. If you believe yeah. in something, just going for it. Um, yeah. Uh, no matter what the barriers are in front of you. I kind of saw that a little bit in the Kanye documentary recently we were talking about before. Yeah, you uh, have to watch that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. And your book? Was well, a recent book I actually recently read. A recent book I read, which was... Uh, the Book of Joy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I did, and I, I, I've read that. I have read, um, uh, oh, shit. Were we supposed to say Manifest? No. <laughs> no. It's like kicking no. us up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go. Okay. Um, there's so many books. There's, there's Andre Agassi book, which has just blew, yeah. blew me away. It's his autobiography. And uh, I grew up, uh, he was like a hero to see the superhero like take to the court and in nice to play county tennis um, and seeing someone who's so relentless, so unconventional, um, just came onto the court and he's, he was a magician when he used to play Pete Sampras. I don't know, I just, I remember it was like a theater. It was like a Hollywood movie just watching him. The thing I like you said about that book was he actually hated tennis. He hated it. He hated Isn't tennis. He was in excruciating pain. He had always back issues. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, I don't know if you remember when you saw him on court, he had long hair, right? That was a piece, a hairpiece. He never, his hair, his hair disappeared a long time ago, and which played massive insecurity to him. To crack the door open into the world of someone you admire, because mm. you know we used to try and play like uh, Agassi on the court. Mm. Um, it, it, it was, it's just because sometimes they say don't meet your heroes. Oh, yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. This is one guy. I would be in total awe to meet him based on this book. It's a book that I, I, I can't believe it's not a movie. It would inspire. So many people, even if you weren't the generation of Agassi, mm. he's, he's so human and went through so many trials and tribulations um, that people would relate to. Um, that, was, it, it, that was the book that kind of really, uh, really did truly inspire me. There's many more, but that one recently I read and I loved it tremendously. I think he's a great guy. Amazing. And now uh, we disappear. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for joining me on The Moments That Made Me. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be doing something very soon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I look forward to that. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.